All right, race fans, we are Puka-less this week. He had a few things going on. Puka, we miss you, but the one of us wearing a hat, it's not a visor, and it is curves for, for all you race fans, so we don't have to deal with the visor this week. But uh, I'm Ryan Aho. That is the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, summer is here. i got to be honest with you. This past weekend is the first time that it felt to me like we actually have some warm weather, like summer's actually here. Um, how was your weekend this past weekend? Uh, weekend was good. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, they were kind of predicting rain on Saturday, but it turned out to be a really nice day. It was a, it was a little cool. It was in the 60s on Saturday, but I'm okay with that, uh, you know, as long as it's not raining. So uh, overall, the weekend was very good. Well, I tell you what, there's a few people we're going to talk about today that probably wished it would have rained, um, and there's a few that wished it, or glad that it didn't, right? So we'll, we'll get into that, but episode number 132, of course, brought to you by Dirt Track Supply over in Watertown, South Dakota, and hey, I'm going to start with this. Trevor Anderson, point leader for the Tri-State Late Model Series, 11th to 2nd. A little bit of help there, a couple of disqualifications. We'll get into that. But regardless, 11 to second in the 5,000 to win show over at the uh, Dakota State Fair Speedway in Huron. Hell of a run for Trevor. Great to see him on top of the point battle there. Andy Rosso, another victory for him in the, in the aero chassis. So, so racers, if you need parts, you need service, you need tires, you need something fixed, you need a new chassis, get a hold of Ron, get a hold of Trevor. Dirt Track Supply, Watertown, South Dakota. So let's start here. You know, let's uh, you know, let's take a look at the top five moments of the week. <clears throat> you know, we're gonna get into some recap and analysis. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. We got Eldora coming up. I'm jacked about that. But before we get into Eldora, let's look back a little bit at the top five moments of the week. Of course, brought to you by my friend Brad Parson, race car guy, right? He's raced, he's a late model guy. Um, also in agriculture. Get a hold of Brad. I know farmers probably got a lot. Hopefully you have it planted. I talked to the folks up in uh, Devil's Lake here, Bert. It's still a swamp up in the, the northern part of North Dakota. They don't have everything in the field yet. It's affecting everything up there. It's a bad deal. So hopefully the weather cooperates and they can get things going up there. But, you know, everybody, you know, this is a seasonal deal, right? Get a hold of him. He's got the, the products you need to increase yields, increase uh, increase profits, which we all want. They're not raising the prices on all their fertilizers like a lot of other people. So get a hold of Brad, see if he can help you out. But let's go with this. The top five moments of last week. There's a lot of good ones, but I kind of narrowed it down to this. Number five was Soda Street Stock A Main at the Granite City Motor Park in Sock Rapids, Minnesota. Caden Woody, his first career street stock feature win from seventh. Absolutely unbelievable. He had to pass some good cars to do it. He had to pass Vogel. He had to pass both Browers. So when you start fourth row as a, basically a rookie in the street stock, pass them drivers, he looked very, very good. And uh, that's a guy to keep an eye on. He's been basically in the top two, three, four every single night this year. A guy we haven't talked about in the street stock action Hell of a race, good racetrack at Granite City. There was actually uh, some pretty good racing, a little bit of Dyson and Slicing in the Midwest mods. We'll talk about one of them guys in just a little bit here. Number four, we're going to head up to the River City Speedway, Grand Forks, North Dakota. They had the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars as a support class, of course, for the NLRA late model opener. 
I know Keith, my sprint car buddy, probably doesn't like me saying that. It is what it is. But um, it was cowboy up. The track, I don't know if you saw it, it was absolutely hammered down. It was rough. It was a little bit hard on equipment. And the guy that had the worst, uh, the worst of it as far as hard on equipment, Cole Babcock, went for a ride. In the heat race, him and Dave Moss got together. As you can see in the video, Moss hooked the rut, got the fence, come down, racing deal. Obviously, he didn't try to roll them, but it looks like he went over three, four times there. So a wild ride for Cole Babcock up in Grand Forks. Number three, we're going to stick with the NLRA late model action, and we're going to go one day forward over to the I-94 Surf Step Speedway in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Reason number 273 why you should not race at a track that you own, okay? And uh, we found out, Don Shaw found out the hard way. Um, you make the call, you know, we'll post the video. You make the call, a little bit of call, contact, of course, between him and Dave Moss. Don Shaw ending up hard in the fence. Now, for Don Shaw, primary sponsor. I know he owns all, all of Moss's stuff, but he definitely is a primary sponsor. Moss works for him. Don Shaw, not happy. Not happy. They, they took the video right off of Dirt Race Central because uh, he reacted in a way that he probably was not real excited about the next day. I mean, tempers flare out there in racing, and uh, but it got awfully exciting. And what's sad is that ordeal right there, Bert, overshadowed a flat-out ass-kicking from Jeffrey Massingill in the 6M, somebody that's been pretty quiet this year. Um, somebody I expected maybe to have some podiums. He thumped them. He drove away. The track was to his liking, bottom groove. So a great run over there for Massingill. Number two, <sighs> more NLRA action. I tell you what, they're kind of taking, I'm looking at this NLRA deal is kind of taking the whole deal. So over at the Cheyenne Speedway, Lisbon, North Dakota, who finally got a race in. They had like six cancellations. The leaders, right, Chad Becker, perennial powerhouse, somebody that's always in the conversation for national titles. Shane Edgington, who got second in the NLRA points last year. They were battling for the lead. Well, let's just say this. One got kicked off the racetrack and one got hauled off the racetrack. Horrible deal. They got together. And, uh, again, you make the call. I'm going to post the video here. You make the call. It was a racing deal. It looked like, I mean, there was some hard racing, some elbows being thrown but I don't think it was an intentional takeout. You make the call on that one. And uh, the defending champion of the NLRA, Mike Bresseff, he capitalized on that, drove off into the sunset and got her done. Now, did you get a chance to watch any of those NLRA features here over the last week, over this past weekend? I didn't see any of the features. I, I did see a video of the Don Shaw incident. And um, I don't know. I mean, to me, it looked it looked like a racing deal. I mean, nothing intentional. Um, I don't think it necessarily. Uh, I mean, I can understand them being upset, but I don't necessarily think it deserved the reaction that it got. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was. I mean, Don's feisty. Don's like me. We maybe let we have a short fuse once in a while. I get it, right? So Don's probably going to be mad at me for even talking about it. You know, but let's let's be honest. I mean, him and him and Dave Moss are tight. I mean, he's done a lot for Dave Moss. I mean, there is zero chance that Dave Moss tried to stuff Don Shaw in the defense. That just wasn't going to happen. So, hopefully, cooler heads prevailed. Hopefully, they got that stuff situated, and we can kind of get back to you know moving forward from there. But number one, Bert, on the list, 
we're going to go to some tri-state late model action over at the Dakota State Fair Speedway here on South Dakota. I've come to the conclusion that Kent Arment hates money. He just doesn't like money. Um, literally does not like it. So <clears throat> what happened? So I didn't realize what happened on Thursday. We'll get to that in a second. But on Saturday, 5000 to win. The richest payday, I think, tied with the Ben Norder uh, Memorial over at Houston, both five grand to win. So the richest payday in the series. Kent Arment wins the race light at the scales. Light. Now, in, in my, I've raced for a lot of years, was never light. I get it. It happens. It happens, right? Even you know, Scott Bloomquist, it happened to a lot. Rick Auckland, it happened to a lot, right? It happens, okay? So I'm like, well, okay, well, that sucks. He was light. And it turns out it was like six pounds or something. So he didn't win the race because he was light by six pounds, right? It was just a whatever, mental error, okay? So I, I just kind of brushed it off. And then I was kind of looking through the results from Thursday because they raced Thursday and Saturday at the Dakota State Fair Speedway. He was light on Thursday too. In the history of racing, I literally do not know one single person. Now keep in mind, I believe he holds the record for the most dirt modified and late model wins in South Dakota. I believe he holds the record at Huron for the most wins at that racetrack. And now for sure he holds a record as probably the only guy I have ever seen that was light two nights in a row at the same track in the same week. I've never even heard of such a thing. I, I, I just don't get it, right? I don't get it. So I come to the conclusion of this, um, common core math. It's got to be common core math. So my guess is he kind of had it figured out. He was using common core math, trying to calculate fuel uh, burnoff. And it just got too complicated. He couldn't figure it out. Should have had somebody else go to math class for him. Tough deal. I mean, I'm kind of poking fun, but God dang, that stings. I mean, that's got to be six grand or something, right? Because I know it was five grand to win on Saturday, three grand to win. So I think he was in the top five. It would have been about a thousand bucks or maybe a little bit better. I know drivers out there that would, that would be like a huge, huge deal to him to lose six grand in two nights. Um, that one's got to sting a little bit, but the, the benefactor of that, of course, your uh, reigning Minnesota national champion, Cole Searing, got his richest payday ever, probably owes a Christmas card to Kent Arment um, because uh, that was a pretty nice gift that he got there. So interesting stuff happening in the, in the regional late model world. But uh, I tell you what, the national late model world coming up, Bert, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of jacked, right? It's Eldora Million right the million the richest payday in the history right of, of dirt racing and uh jeff actually sent me a, a graphic and they did like a per mile like how much you make per mile it's literally the richest payday right per mile right of any race ever including indy that just paid 3.1 million dollars to the winner that's 500 miles so the math works out better at a a million 2002 or 2022 the math works all better because it's what like 50 miles 50, like 51 miles or something like that or 50 and a half because it's what 101 laps isn't it it's like 101 yeah i saw something that it was 101 okay. i'm like that's weird i know okay. it's, i thought it was 100 but i think it's 101 so <clears throat> bert what are you excited well just give me a couple things that come to mind right when you think 
a million to win. Now keep in mind, everyone, that they have so Wednesday's prelims, Thursday's a million, just over a million to win. Friday's a prelims, and it's what a hundred, hundred and twenty some thousand to win for the dream on Saturday. Somebody's gonna be really happy. What what sticks out to you when we talk about the million to win race at Eldora? Well, I mean, I'm expecting that it's going to be um the atmosphere is just going to be electric there on Thursday for the million dollar race. Um, uh, for, for fans who go into the pits prior to the races, uh, they might, uh, they may not get the friendly reaction from the drivers that they normally get because the drivers might be a little bit on edge <laughs> with that much money uh, on the line. Uh, but, uh, I have some friends who uh, they left today. Actually, they they got to their hotel a couple hours ago, and uh, so you know, I've I've only been to the Dream once, but you know, I've been to the World, uh, you know, a, a handful of times, and the atmosphere isn't even close between the two events because the World, the atmosphere is just so electric. But I'm expecting that this year with the million dollar race, you're going to get more of a world 100 type atmosphere with the fans yeah, and with, without question and then um you know there's some late breaking news uh you know the track surface is going to be a wild card as to what that is because um it was earlier in the week well at the end of last week that uh Tony Stewart said that the track surface was unacceptable and that they were going to do what they had the equipment. They had as much equipment as, as they, they needed. Um, if they needed more, they could get more and they're going to make a racing surface that was much better than what's been shown this year. And now today uh, it's been, uh, uh, people are saying on Facebook and I mean, it's, it's been confirmed. I mean, this is, I don't believe this is just rumors. They're actually carrying the new dirt off the track that they added uh, so they can get back down to the old racing surface. So uh, it's kind of a wild card as to what the, what the surface is going to be. I mean, you have no idea what the surface is going to be like going into your biggest race ever, probably ever, at that speedway. Ever. <laughs> Not their biggest race, the biggest dirt race ever, right? The biggest, sir. There's nothing bigger. Um, I mean, that, that's a question I have, right? So so we already know what the track looked like at the Johnny Appleseed. It was cowboy up. I mean, tore up equipment, cars falling out of races, Bronson sound bites, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking in my mind, well, they're going to disc it. They're going to sheep's foot it. They're going to work this deal in. Well, it sounds like they just pulled it all off. They're going back to the old material. Typically, that makes it kind of marbly. And I get it, you know, they, they don't want to have a rough racetrack and, and have four cars finish the feature either. Well, and you know, actually, I, I thought I saw photos on Facebook that they did disc it and do all that and sheep's footed it. And they must not have been satisfied with how the dirt was blending with the old dirt. So yeah, they must, they just decided to take, take the new dirt off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, so it will be interesting. So they know with that said, from what I understand, as of like just a little bit ago, there's 117 late models registered, signed in. So they're going to have hoppers. They're going to have time trials. That'll kind of blow it off anyway. Maybe get us a racing surface. And, you know, the, Tony Stewart's got the resources, right? And he probably brought in the best people that he knew to make sure that, you know, he's going to give them a fighting chance. I'm pretty confident that it'll be good. Day one might be a little bit sketchy, but 
I mean, quite honestly, day one, that's that's almost the money maker. You got to get in the show. 117 cars for 24 cars, no provisionals. This ain't like a Lucas race with nine provisionals and 30 some cars in the feature. 24 starters. So if you have a rough night on Wednesday, you might not even get in. So it'll it'll be interesting. Are they doing the same qualifying format where you qualify for the feature on Thursday night, though? That you gain points on Wednesday night and then your points gained on Wednesday night determines your your heat race starting spot and then you race to get into the feature? Is that how they're doing it? I believe that is correct. Okay. I believe that is correct. So that gives them a fighting chance. You still don't want to start deep, right? Oh, right, on, right. You know, you know, there's a lot of good cars. I mean, basically anybody that's anybody, you know, including I think, and I haven't seen the list, but Billy Moyer Sr., right? I heard he might be driving Tim Lance's car. You know, kind of cool to see the old uh, Mr. Smooth at the racetrack. So Mr. Smooth, not so smooth operator. Let's go that direction, right? You got the old, you got the young, right? The old, Billy Moyer. Right. You have we'll call Madden, um, obviously Scott Bloomquist, Dale McDowell. You got that group of people. And then you have a huge insurgence of all these young guns, right? Tyler Irv, Devin Moran, Bobby Pierce, right? Brandon Shepard. I mean, the list goes on. Which direction are you looking for? Do you think it's gonna be you think the old dogs are trying to steal the show here? Or do you think it's gonna be that that young guns kind of making it happen? I think it's going to be the middle dogs, <laughs> the, really? the Wiley veteran dogs. Um, right. I, um, um, I mean, I have my pick and, and he's a middle dog. He's not, uh, he's not, he's not a young whippersnapper, but I wouldn't classify him as uh, being old either. <laughs> so, so who is your pick? Uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into it later in the show, but uh, uh, Superman, Superman will be flying high. Super. I tell you what, when the money's been on the line this year, he's been good. He's been good. Um, it's it's interesting, you know, and a lot of people saying Dale McDowell, right? The Mac Daddy, he's so good at Eldora. He's a guy, you know. I I picked Fergie. Fergie's kind of came to the came to the occasion. That was my pick in our pickums. But let me ask you this: Could Scott Lundquist shock the world? Um. Oh, I mean, it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but can you imagine that place if it would happen? I mean, that place would just, it would go crazy. I mean, whether you like him or not, it would just go crazy. Yeah, he's at that point in his career right now that even his haters want to see him win a race, right? You know, I mean, what a way, I mean, that would be a story. But, you know, so it's going to be well, interesting. Obviously, you got to get in, but. I mean, is there going to be some elbows chucked here? And you had a thought there. Finish that thought. Well, I was just back. going to say, can you imagine if Scott Bloomquist would win it, but then the green light doesn't come on? <laughs> we talked at, at the scale. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? So so think about that, right? Think about that for just a minute. So it could be, I mean, Arment, right? He's got to be kicking himself over losing five grand. If somebody was light at the scale or a 100-lap race, how about, are they having the droop rule at this? I'm, I'm I, I don't know. Because it's a world race. Is it a world racing group event, dirt car? Or is I it think, like a, I think normally normally all Eldora events are dirt car events. Yeah. So, I mean, the droop rule, right? All that comes into play. Or 
you know, because night number one is obviously getting you in position to make the show. I mean, you're going to see some heat races out there where people are going to be throwing absolute haymakers. I mean, I mean, if you're, let's start with the heats, qualifying, getting in. If you're like in a transfer spot or right outside of a transfer spot, how hard do you hit the guy ahead of you to get in? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it could wind, I, I don't want to say a free for all, but I mean, yeah, I think it's, it, it could get a little extra aggressive uh, because um, obviously you have to be in the show to even have a chance to win. So, you know, that's the first priority. And then, uh, you know, talking about uh, the scale, I mean, if you're dry, I mean, you, 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 you've raced, I mean, do you go in? Okay. We should be good. We should have plenty. You go, well, let's add another 20 pounds or 40 pounds just to be safe. <laughs> Well, for sure. We were always the OCD type, like we're going to go over the scales. We, I used to go up to, over the scales like before hot laps and after hot laps and before the heat, just to make sure. And before, I mean, we scaled all the time, especially at tracks. There was a few that back in the day had sketchy scales. You weren't sure if they were going to be accurate or not. So I think people are going to really be on top of things. And like you said, that added element of stress and anxiety. I mean, there's people out there saying, oh, it's just another race. <laughs> Bullshit just another it's a million to win we're talking about this ain't just another race i mean so there's gonna well, be a lot of a lot of nerves going on and a lot of double and triple checking things for sure i mean to put it in perspective as to how much money this is um all of last year we had a count as to whether overton would hit a million for the season you're going to have a driver hit that number in one race <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that is it's it's incredible. I mean, and and back in the day, because they've already had a million to win, right? They had it, they were gonna have it, then it rained out, and then they rescheduled, they replaced the dream. And back then they didn't have all this social media presence, they didn't have dirt on dirt, you know, it wasn't like it is today. And I'm just thinking the atmosphere there is gonna be beyond electric. I mean, that any big race at Aurora is big. I think this is just gonna be one of those that I probably should have gone to, but I will be watching it online for sure. But let's get to the main event. I mean, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, right? What if, what if? So we're talking about picks. I, I picked, my pick is Fergie. I think he's going to kind of rise to the occasion. He's been so good. You're picking JD. A lot of people picking a lot of different drivers out there. But when it gets to the closing laps, right? You talked about somebody being Mike. Remember last year, right? Strickler. He was it at the the inner was the Continental or whatever it was at Eldora. They had and he had the lead. And remember, he got a flat tire on the last lap, and that was for 50 was that was that two years ago? Because there might have been two years. There. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, that was a, right, that was a right. COVID year. Yeah, time flies. Yeah, so that was a COVID <laughs> year. So <clears throat> that was a, the stream or whatever they called it, El, Eldora. Yeah. I think that was fifty grand to win. I believe wasn't it twenty five or fifty one of the two? Yeah. And everybody is like, oh, my God, I can't believe. I mean, I can't believe he lost that. Something like that happens in the closing laps, whether, you know, heavy contact, you're late at the scales, you lose a tire, right? You lose a motor, some stupid little part breaks. I, like, literally, that. I mean, there will be actual, like, human tears flowing. I mean, that, this, oh, it's, not yeah. like, it's not like, oh, I let a 1,000 to win or 10 grand to win, I broke out, oh, well, no big deal. You don't have a lot of shots at a million. Yeah, I mean, if that happens and, you know, there will, 
the driver that it happens to will be a little distraught because <laughs> you know it was with you know you can look at it it was within reach of, and it just kind of slipped away i want to see a restart right with three to go and up front i want to see bobby pierce turbo right um hudson o'neill rtj i want to see some of these that are absolute kyle bronson can you imagine like a, a green light checkered with with five of them that are absolutely not scared to throw haymakers i mean that that would be a perfect world that would that's what it would be i don't want to see a competition yellow you know but i i definitely that would make things extremely interesting and jack hewitt commented you know at, after before the first one like literally like i would I'll run over my grandma or whatever, run over my mom. I think he said to, to win this race. I mean, gloves are off, right? I mean, you might be best friends. You might be best buddies, but if you're running second behind somebody on the closing laps, I'm telling you that, that you're throwing haymakers for sure. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, I, I you know what he think he said? He goes, I can take a hell of an ass beat for that kind of money. I think that's what he was. <laughs> that's what it was. And that's just it. I mean, well, I tell you what, I'll throw a haymaker. I win a million dollars. If you might like really be pissed at me, I'll just give you 50 grand to, to get over it. But I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't think too many people are going to be, if they have that shot, I really don't think anybody's just going to go into concern mode and follow because the difference between first and second is a whole hell of a lot of money. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not just going to be a driver who's walking out of there with a lot of money because those 50-50 raffles get pretty big at Eldora. Um, I'm wondering if it if it gets over 200000 I mean, I've been at the World where it got up to 180. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see if they can get that 50-50 over $200,000. I forgot all about that. Do you have a prediction? What's your prediction? Give me a number. I'm going to write it down right here. What is your prediction? For the split the pot, I'll say the 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 winners portion of the fifty fifty will get two hundred and four thousand. Two hundred and four thousand. I will take the under, and I'm going to say a hundred and seventy five thousand is what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, you're right. I completely spaced that. They have some huge, huge, huge split the pots there. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. So I tell you what, race fans, if you don't have flow racing, this is the week to have it, right? Because you don't want to miss this, right? I mean, I mean, there's not many opportunities to even get a million dollars, right? But one person walking out of there with a million, I tell you what, I, I'm not missing it, right? My dad asked me, he goes, are you going to go to Grand Rapids? I'm like, I like Rapids. They got the Advantage RV Mod Tour coming, but I'm sitting my happy ass in this chair and I'm watching the million. That just, it just is what it is. So it's going to be exciting, Bert. Any closing uh, thoughts, any other bold predictions? Well, I mean, you know, bringing up flow racing, uh, this will, well, I, I don't think we need to say probably this will be the most watched dirt race ever between in-person fans and streaming. I mean, that would be my guess. I can't imagine a race that's going to have more viewership than the million. Right. Do you think Kyle Larson has convinced his buddy to not get married? Because <laughs> I don't think he's going to be there. 
I'd be like, dude, but I mean, he's already, he's, he races for a million all the time. Not a big deal to Kyle right. Larson. <laughs> so, but I mean, but Kyle Larson's a racer, so it's got to be eating at him a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I would have to think so. He's good there too. He's good there. So let's jump into a recap and analysis, Bert, from this past week's events. Uh, I know that you, you went to Shano, correct? Correct. So a lot happened in Eastern Wisconsin. And the Dirt Kings, right? They had a, a 5,000 win race over at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Um, they had a great race, actually. Really, really good racetrack there. Um, why don't you give us your thoughts on, on Shano, Mississippi Thunder, Plymouth? Yeah. Uh, over there? Mississippi Thunder, they had 26 late models, which is, you know, a good a good group of cars. Uh, you know, I did check uh, Red Cedar to see which driver stayed at Red Cedar and which ones went to uh, Mississippi Thunder. So, uh, you know, uh, I was a little surprised Kansas stayed at, at Red Cedar and uh, Jake Radetzky ra raced at Red Cedar also. Um, I did watch the end of the Red Cedar feature, though, and, and Jake Radetzky was <laughs> right there uh, battling for the win. Um, uh, surprised AJ Demo was not um, at the Dirt Kings race. Um, he was nowhere. Well, yeah. I mean, he won the Dirt Kings race at uh, Red Cedar earlier this year. Um, I would have thought he would have been at Mississippi Thunder, but uh, he wasn't. Um, uh, Jimmy Mars was at Mississippi Thunder while uh, his son was at uh, Red Cedar and was challenging for the win there also. But uh, good racing at Mississippi Thunder. Um, doing our picks if i would have known jake tim was going to be there i was going to pick him but i didn't know if he was going to be racing usmts or or late models in but whenever jake tim is racing at mississippi thunder speedway uh i would say it's at least a 90 percent chance he's going to win <laughs> he, he he's won three dirt kings races i think they've all been at mississippi thunder i think his first ever race in a late model he won the feature at mississippi thunder speedway in the dirt kings race uh, but he won the late model feature and then he backed it up and uh, won the modified feature there too. But uh, uh, good racing all around. Uh, Justin Ritchie from Eastern Wisconsin uh, had a very good run. Uh, went up to, he got up to, to second place uh, after starting 10th. I mean, Jake, Jake Tim started on the pole and won. Uh, Justin Ritchie started 10th and finished second. And then uh, Nick, Penzinski, is that how you pronounce it? Penzinski, yeah, Nick Penzinski. Okay, he yeah, he, start, he started sixth and uh, finished third, and then uh, Giassi started fifth and finished fourth, and Jimmy Mars started third and finished fifth. So you don't see Jimmy Mars uh, uh, back up positions. Uh, he did. Uh, he did have some damage to his car because uh, Todd Frank <laughs> broke early in the race and was trying to get to the pits and. And uh, Mars was on the inside of them, and they was kind of pushing each other. So uh, he did have some damage, but I don't know if that if that really affected him too I much. That. Maybe it did. Maybe it was front suspension or something. I I didn't realize that he got together there with Todd Frank. I was wondering because yeah, you don't see. I mean, when Jimmy Mars starts second row, you don't see him get fifth. I mean, that just I don't right. see that. But you were one thing I want to touch on there, Bert. You talked about Justin Ritchie tenth to second. He was the only guy in the bottom, right? That's yep. usually a yep. kind of a top dominant deal. I mean, you need to, Jake Tim carries around his nutsack in a hefty bag. Okay? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's charging the wall on the high side. 
that's the wall opening bit a couple cars scares me to death i would really hope they change that deal but he's so good up there but i'm telling you justin ritchie was tracking him down like he wasn't like out of the conversation for even winning that race so for him to do that on the bottom that was ultra impressive for justin ritchie yeah i mean uh justin likes the race on the bottom of the track i mean you know you know <laughs> majority of the time he's racing he's racing the bottom of the track uh but you know he's had some struggles early this year but uh he's had some really good finishes the last few weeks so uh you know it seems like he's uh turning his season around a little bit and um nick avlink started ninth and finished seventh so you know moved up a couple of spots but uh um not a lot and um Troy Springborn, who is leading the point standings, he started 12th and finished 12th. So he pretty much stayed where, where he started. So this guy was there too, Jesse Glenn's. Okay. And he scattered a motor. He got he got his new SSR out there and uh, he hurt a motor right away. So we never got to see what Jesse Glenn's had with that new car. Tough break. Doesn't sound like he has another one that's going to be ready to go for Wasota action anytime soon. I know he's going to run. I think I think it's a clash of the creek at 141. Yep. Um, so he ran a modified here this past weekend. I know he's getting ready to do that. But uh, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of Jesse Glenn's, and it might be a little while before we do. Great racing at Mississippi Thunder. Uh, what else you got, Bert? Well, um, actually, that same night. Um, well, let me do the late model stuff first. Uh, the next night, then at Shano Speedway, um, Troy Speed. Troy Springborn continues his his uh, uh, hot start to the season and won the feature at Shino Speedway. Um, he was supposed to start second row inside, uh, but Gunner Frank uh, was a scratch. He was supposed to start on the pole, so then everybody moved up a spot. And so that put Troy on the outside of the front row, and he took the lead right away and uh, never looked back. And so he won his, that's his fourth feature already um, this season. And, um, and at, uh, Plymouth dirt track, uh, the late models there, they didn't get the race their feature because the racing program at Plymouth, uh, was canceled after a 360 sprint car B main, uh, because Justin Miller, uh, got up in the air and hit the, uh, fencing in turn three and pretty much tore the fencing down, <laughs> uh, the metal poles. I've seen pictures and the metal poles were just where they go into the concrete that they just broke completely. And um, so, I mean, uh, Miller was uninjured. That's the important thing. You know, he wasn't hurt. Uh, his, his car landed on the other side of the fence because basically, I mean, it tore out um, two or three sections of fencing and looking at the, the photos that I saw, I mean, the fencing did its job in slowing the driver down <laughs> um, and him not getting injured, but yet I don't think it completely did its job because I don't think, I don't think the poles are supposed, are supposed to break like that. Yeah. You know, you're exactly right. I mean, them, them sprint cars, they start to tumble and you never know where they're going to end up. And, you know, I've seen, uh, seen, I've been to a lot of race tracks, right? And some tracks you look at their chicken wire fence and you're like, if a car tumbles there, like everybody's going to die, right? And in some tracks, the grandstands is right on top of the track. 
or they have people walking right along the fence or people standing on the edge of the corners. And you just look at that and you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old. I, I don't really know. But uh, I look at that and I just cringe, you know. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the gate at, at the, the lack of a gate at the opening at Mississippi Thunder, these catch fences, stuff like that, you know, and I get it, money's tight. You know, the crowds aren't huge and there's not a lot of money to go around, but one incident there could just close the place forever, right? So I'd really like to see them find some funding and instead of maybe having the 50 grand to win race, have 40 grand to win and put up better catch fences and put up better, you know, better safety stuff. So it's uh, glad nobody was hurt, but kind of an unfortunate deal. Well, and, and luckily at, at Plymouth Dirt Track, it's configured in a way where beyond the catch fence, it's open area for a while. It's not like they park, park uh, you know, haulers right you know, within 10 feet of that fencing. So <laughs> luckily when the car did go knock the fence down and go to the other side, it was all open area. So it didn't hit anything else. So, you know, that's one saving grace from that. Yeah, that is good. That is good. And now what else you got from over in Eastern Wisconsin before I jump into a little Wissota recap? Uh, well, before I get into uh, some controversy, I just want to give a shout out um, in the sport mod division at Channel Speedway, uh, there three cousins race in, in that division. And, uh, all three of them finished in the top four. They finished second, third, and fourth. So, uh, um, Tegan Woodstruck, uh, Dustin Woodstruck and Forrest Kernin, uh, they're cousins and they, they finished in the top four in the sport mod feature at Channel Speedway. So it's kind of uh, unique to see three cousins finish in the top four. For sure. That, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a, that's a racing family if I've ever seen one, right? Yeah, that is definitely a racing family. So and then, um, had the controversy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure where you're going with this, but when Bert says controversy, I'm like, I, I'm all ears. Like, what do you Well, doing? I guess, may, I guess maybe it's not controversy. It's just, uh, um, unhappy people. But anyway, at, uh, out of gaming speedway in Seymour on, uh, Friday night, Eric Malik uh, won the IMCA stock car feature, uh, but then he was disqualified because the inspector said that he had his shocks were illegal. And, um, you know, Malik posted on Facebook that that was news to him. He thought, you know, he buys them from the manufacturer and, you know, he thought they were legal. And then he questioned the uh, the inspector using the terminology of bump stop on the on the shock, and this is way above my pay grade. You know, bump stops, um, uh, uh, shaft extension, and all of that stuff. Uh, but anyway, he was deemed illegal, and I, I guess kind of the reason I bring it up. I mean, we've talked a lot about with soda uh, disqualifying disqualifying people, and um, you know, this was a case where he thought the shocks were legal. Other drivers have what they posted on Facebook, like another driver posted that he went through his shocks and his shocks are the same as, as the ones that were deemed illegal. So he asked the inspector at Shano Speedway what he should do with them. And he told them to send them back to the manufacturer and have them make them legal. And um, another driver said that, you know, he has some similar shocks and, you know, mixed in with his shock uh, supply. So it seems, um, and, but it seemed like all the drivers agreed that 
the what was deemed illegal really doesn't have an impact as to whether your car is going to go any faster or not. I mean, you're a racer. You might be able to expand on that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I understand the spirit of the rule and I'd have to see the guy's car, how the shocks mounted in there. If, if he has barely any shafts showing, but what the rule is, is nine inches, no more than nine inches of exposed shock shaft on the left rear shock or rear shocks in general meaning that you can't run like a 10 inch shaft or whatever on the left rear because that'll let the car hike up more right we talk about uh late models want the droop rule well that somewhat will lim limit how much you can do that well you can adjust the shock mode wherever you want so you know according to the pictures i saw it was illegal right because the rule says nine and it looks like it was like nine and a quarter nine and three eighths maybe nine and a half but i don't think it was even that much but it specifically says nine inches and it was definitely more than nine inches. Did that make them win? No, probably not. Illegal? Well, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, we'll talk about Superior. They disqualified a bunch of late model guys for deck height. Some of them were not real happy, but a rule's a rule, regardless of what you think about the rule. Now, you mentioned bump stops. <laughs> when I saw that, I just shook my head because clearly the tech guys know <laughs> Okay, he just is. I don't know the person from the man on the moon, but pretty much all the shocks are, they have some kind of an indicator. Some don't anymore. Some people put a zip tie on, some don't put anything on, but there's just a rubber indicator um, on a various shock brands that when the, that'll, when you travel the shock, right, when you compress it, it'll actually leave the, the rubber indicator at a certain point on the shaft, just to tell you how much shock travel you get. It's not a bump stop. It has nothing to do with performance of the vehicle at all, nothing, right? It's literally there as an indicator to tell you how much travel you have. When the tech guy said, well, that's a bump stop, it's like, okay, this guy's too stupid to be a tech guy, okay? And we've seen a lot of that, but nobody else wants the job, so I get it. But he got disqualified for the over nine inches. That was right. Does it make a big deal? Uh, you know, every, every little bit helps, I mean, but, you know, they got to draw the line somewhere. They drew it at nine. And I guess at the end of the day, he's going to have to get his stuff fixed. Yep. And then uh, just the last thing I have is then the next night at 141 Speedway, and I don't know if this has anything to do with the uh, illegal shocks, uh, but Luke Lemons went from like 23rd to third in a feature. And then he got his shocks claimed after the race was over. Yeah, but I it sounds it. like. It sounds like the driver who claimed them has claimed shocks from him in the past and other parts. So I, I saw the, the comment was something like he's going to add it to his whatever number it was. He's going to add it to his collection yep. of, of his parts. 007 parts. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's I mean, nobody likes claims. I mean, they used to claim engines all the time. Right. And oh, I yeah. now it's shocks. I don't know. I mean. It's uh, it's an annoyance is really what it is. The fast guy, they probably had a little bit of a beef and it's like, screw them, I'm taking the shocks. And uh, yeah, that, that never makes anybody real happy. There's usually a little bit of bad blood after that. So um, yeah. I tell you what, Troy Springborn though, man, I tell you what, he's, uh, he's off to a pretty good start over there in yeah. Eastern Wisconsin. So I'm gonna head west now. We'll go over and there's a lot and I'm gonna try to go through this quick there with me. And we're gonna call this Ryan's recap here from this past weekend's racing events. <clears throat> We're gonna start over at the Dakota State Fair Speedway here on South Dakota. They have their annual wheel jam in Huron. They had a double header Thursday, Willie Ferguson, FYI, he's got a Zuli race engine under the hood. He parked in victory lane and the streeters. 
in the Midwest mod, Matt Heinzerling got his fourth of the year. Bert, he junked a couple tires over the next couple nights, sent me a picture of them. Might be a little bit of an issue with these Hoosier tires separating. Make sure if you get a fresh one, let it sit for a week to kind of harden a little bit. Otherwise, you might have the same problem as him. Late models, night number one of the tri-state late models out there, Justin Zeitner. He's got three or four in the tri-state series, $3,000 payday, and he passed Cole Searing to get it done. Uh, Cole Searing, of course, won night number two. Merry Christmas, right? Um, his new best buddy is Kent Arment. Owes him a Christmas card. Searing was going to have a pair of seconds, but after Arment decided that he hated money, he uh, donated that to the Cole Searing Racing Fund. Scott Hansen with a new ride this year, looking really racy in the Midwest Mod, his second of the year in the Super Stocks. Trevor Nelson in the 71. Talked about him a lot last year. He got it done from 10th. Sounds like he uh, had a little bit of carnage and a little bit of drama in the heat race. Tri-State late model points. What's interesting, Bert, Justin Zeitner was not in attendance on Saturday. Um, maybe Mike can comment uh, what happened there. I think he had something happen on Friday, but he was the point leader, was not able to be there in Huron on Saturday. And Trevor, uh, Trevor Anderson... Um, started 11th, ended up second. He's your point leader in Tri-State Late Models, so pretty cool to see him up front. KRA Speedway over in Wilmer Streeters, Taylor Garbrick, first career win in the Wissota Street Stocks. Tip of the cap, congratulations to him. Midwest Mods, Brandon Merworth, you talked about the Cousins. Ashley Merworth got second, right? So you had a pair of Merworth top two. Jake Knapper in the Super Stocks, Bert, started a season four for four, and uh, I think he got fifth on the next night out, but a uh, hell of a good start for Jake Knapper in the 66. Sabraski, I thought he was unbeatable, Bert. He was there. He got 10. 10. Honestly, Shane Sabraski, probably listening to the show while you're driving down the road, time to retire, time to quit. 10th place, totally unacceptable. I thought you were good. You're not. You clipped a tire. <laughs> is he going to be your not hot driver now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I probably not. Probably not. He's still hot. But uh, he, I think he clipped a tire in DNF. Um, the, the only thing that might beat him is something dumb like that happening, right? Modifies. Another first-time winner, Justin Olmscheid. Very light field, but there was a few good cars there. Justin Olmscheid, his first career win in a Wasota Modified. Congratulations to those first-time winners. Grand Rapids Speedway up in northern Minnesota. They had their opening night. New clay mixed with rain does not equal good racing services. A lot of people were pretty upset about the track. I get it, right? None of us like to race on rough, but let's, let's face it, right? It rained a bunch over the couple weeks before that with the new clay. Give them a week or two to work it out. I think it's going to get a lot better. David Simpson in the Midwest Mods, Bert, the borders, I think you got to be vaccinated, but the borders for the vaccinated people are open. So good to see the Canadian drivers coming back down um, across the border. That is super cool. So David Simpson from Thunder Bay getting it done. Super Stocks, Matt Sparby, we're going to talk a little bit more about him in a second. He got it done from six. Tristan LaBarge, got docked for jumping he got into second was passing for the lead the yellow came out they docked him two spots put him in fourth he never recovered that was a tough break spacex broke leading <clears throat> modifieds bob broken he got his first of the year remember i talked about jack reboard the rookie that won from last at race lake a couple weeks back 
He lost by one one hundredths, less than one one hundredths of a second. He chased down Bob Broking and just about got it done. That was a race of the night in Grand Rapids. And Zach Waller's absolutely uh, give him a stomp in there. He's not afraid to get after it on the Cowboy Up track. So Zach Waller's getting it done in the late models. I-94 Sure Step Speedway in Fergus Falls. They had the Dick Johannic King of Dirt. Friday night, the Prelude. Saturday night, the King of Dirt. Streeters, no surprise. Ryan Satter doubled up in the street stocks. Midwest Mods, Cody Lee, the Cobra. He looked good. He bought Brandon Jensen's car that was so fast last year. And uh, he started early in the year. He Remember, he went west. He went down to Vegas. He had some really good runs. And uh, that, he didn't stop here because he won both nights. Um, over at Fergus Falls in the Super Stocks, I'm gonna, I'll let you guess. Got any guesses? Sabraski. You're pretty good at this game. Shane Sabraski <laughs> doubling up in the 7-8. Again, I, I just don't think he's going to lose. If he if he finishes the race, I just don't think he's going to lose. Until proven otherwise, I'm just not convinced. Modifieds, what a field. I mean, when we talk about a little shortage of Wissota Mons, if you look at the modified division at the I-94 Speedway this past weekend, it was a who's who of modifieds. And remember, the USMTS race is canceled, right? So they got Landon Atkinson and Dan Ebert who are following USMTS. Night number one went to Travis Sauer. Night number two on a slippery, slicked up surface top to bottom, very technical racetrack. Um, Landon Atkinson swapped the lead back and forth with Ebert, but he outdueled Dan Ebert, which is tough to do at Fergus Falls. Congratulations to Landon Atkinson. And in the late model action, like we said, a little bit overshadowed by the drama that between Sean Moss. Hopefully they got that worked out. It is what it is. But Jeffrey Massengill looked really, really good in that 6M. He kind of, he crushed him. I think it was about a straightaway on the bottom. He looked really good. Gondick lost Speedway up in Superior, Wisconsin. So a lot of tracks don't have hot laps. And I'm thinking that Trevor Wilson is wishing that he didn't hot lap because he hadn't been in the car in a while. Late model, rolled it over hot laps for tough start for the night for him. Yeah, not a good deal. But Midwest Mons, the 21 of Jake Smith, my dark horse pick to win the national title. He won over at the Mod Nationals. He got it done in Superior this weekend. Rare appearance up there. Congratulations to him. Super Stocks, uh, buddy of mine that used to pit for me, Andy Gramala, he had the fastest car all night. Fastest lap time in the heat, fastest in the feature. Looked like he had a pretty easy lead. Got slowed down in lap traffic a little bit, but once he cleared it, he drove away again. Grenaded a motor leading with four to go. Tough break for Andy. DJ Keeler parked it in victory lane. Congratulations to him. Jody Belfi, his first of two this past weekend. Remember I said Jack Reborg lost by one one one-hundredth of a second in Rapids? It was about that close, maybe just a titch more. He chased down Belfi. And what's interesting, if you watch it on Dirt Race Central, he like was floppy, you know, crappie flopping. He got sideways, almost spun out. And it's like Belfi just like coasted through the last corner. He caught back up to him, got to the inside of him at the line. If not for a couple small little uh, errors, Jack Reboard was going to win that race. That kid is really, really good. And in the late models, interesting line, interesting night in the late models. So they had a couple of heat races. And in the heat races, Bert, not one, not two, not three, five, five late models got disqualified in the heat races for deck height. Yeah, Pat Doerr, not happy. 
he was not happy with that. Okay. It is what it is. Okay. Some people think the rule is stupid. Some are okay with it. It is what it is. But they remember they got called out last year. Superior did, right? Fully aware of that. They're going to check it there, right? They're going to be on top of that. He's not, they, they were not happy with how things panned out last year. I would not go to Superior with a deck height that's too high. Measure your deck height, okay? And uh, they all got put to the back of the feature. And uh, Travis Budislavich, who he wasn't one of them who got DQ'd. He started eighth. He won from eighth. Impressive run from eighth. Pat Moore, 17th to third. So he was a little extra motivated. I have a feeling if he would have started in the front few rows where he should have, it might have been a different story. But hats off, Travis Budislavich. Red Cedar Speedway, tip of the cap to them. Great racing service Friday night. Street Stocks, Kyle Jeanette got it done. Midwest Mods, second of the year for Shadow Kitchener. Super Stocks, Jesse Radetzky, you have company. You're no longer the fastest car in Menominee. Ben Hillman, who took a couple years off for sure, won. He was racy. He got it done. Ben Hillman keeping Jesse Radetzky out of victory lane in the modifieds. You know what they say sometimes when you're running second on the last lap, that's maybe better than leading, right? Depending on the situation. Shane Halaka, who ended the season with three wins in his last few shows, he's racing. He's won a ton of races in the Midwest mods. He kind of had it under control. looked like it was over, got into lap traffic. I don't know if he kind of put it into conserve mode. But the lapper held him up. Ashley Anderson snaked at him at the line, got by him on the bottom. Late models, we talked about John Canta not being at Mississippi Thunder. Well, he won the makeup feature at Menominee. Super cool seeing Wasota's Mr. Smooth and Victory Lane. Now, nothing makes me more happy than John Canta parking it. And uh, in the regular feature, Kevin Eater, his first career Wasota late model aiming. He's won races and everything else he's been in, so it was only a matter of time. But uh, I talked to him. He said he had a few brake issues at the end of the race. So all of a sudden it got really interesting. Jake Radetzky was there. Sam Mars can wheel a car. He was really, really good at the end. It was a great, uh, great battle to the finish. But uh, Kevin Eater with his first career was sold a late model AMA. Black Hills Speedway out in Rapid City, South Dakota. Troy Murner in the streeters. Kyle Harkin in the Midwest Mods. Dakota Speedway in Mandan. They had a, it was the Ironman 100. The Wasota division is the street stock. Zach Frederick from 8th. But they had a 100-lap IMCA mod feature. I, I didn't even know they were going to have that. That was, that was kind of crazy. I didn't expect that. I was looking. I'm like, 100 laps? I didn't watch it, right? It's Maybe I think it's probably on IMCA.tv, probably something to check out. Colin Hibden from Pahrump, Nevada, made the trip, and he got it done. Devil's Lake Speedway in Devil's Lake in uh, Prairie, North Dakota, struggling with car counts. Again, it, I've seen pictures from up there. It's a swamp. I mean, they literally are struggling to get um, crops in the ground. They got a lot of their racers out. Their car counts are super, super suffering. But veteran Joe Potter in the streeters, Nate Reynolds in the Midwest Mods, hopefully they get some weather up there so they can get the racers back at their track because that's a pretty racy track. They got some pretty good stuff happening there. Brown County Speedway in Aberdeen, Aero Nation, Street Stocks, right? Andy Rosso got it done. Midwest Modified, second generation standout, Dawson Zabel, Super Stocks. I know, I know, no surprise, Trevor Nelson, two for two on the week. He's pretty much dominant in South Dakota in the Supers. Modifieds, I talked to him last week, said he was due. Superman, Mike Stearns. And in the late models, 
Didn't expect this one. I'm thinking, you know, Becker, you know, Armand, Skorczewski, Justin Boomsma. He got it done from the second row. Job well done to him. There's no screaming there, so I didn't get to see it. Eagle Valley Speedway, Jim Falls. Um, veteran Danny Richards in the street stocks and the Midwest Mods. Seven starting Derek Haas. You remember that name from late models back in the 80s? Um, I think it was Steve Haas. Steve, yeah, number yeah. six. Yeah, number six. So I think this is family. I don't know if it's his kid, but that's a name that kind of brought back some memories. Super stocks, it turns out that two number 22s is more than enough at Menominee. They got Spacek and Ben Hillman. So Dan Nisulke brought his 22 down to Jimtown, left with a win. And in the mods, Wisconsin standout Mike Anderson. Fiesta City Speedway, street stocks back-to-back -back for Ben Albertson. The modified division for four. Four modifieds. They're struggling. Struggling down there. Matt Gilbertson getting it done ahead of Brian Hobbin. They did have double-digit late models, though, which was surprising to me. Um, usually they're around that four or five in the late models. Double-digit late models. Good to see down at Monty. And, of course, Jordan Tollickson. He got it done. Greenbush, Jeremy Gustin, the streeters, and Aaron Blacklance, Midwest Mod, and the Modified. Plus, he won the Midwest Mod over in Ada. Hell of a weekend for Blacklands in the 5BA. That's a guy that's going to win a bunch of races. Chateau Speedway, not Caden Calf, but Kobe Calf. Those brothers, both really fast. He got it done. Jamestown, six starting Rory up in the streeters. Eight starting Brandon Waite in the Midwest Mods. Six and eight starting winners. Tells me the track must have been pretty racy up in North Dakota. Rice Lake Speedway, Burt. Let's be honest, right? We've been kind of critical of some races in Rice Lake over the last couple of years, right? Kind of trained up. They had an amazing racetrack on Saturday. If, if you have Dirt Race Central, do yourself a favor. Watch the features from Rice Lake. Highly entertaining. Bert, that's two weeks in a row that they've had really, really good racing at Rice Lake. So, you know, I want to give them a, a thumbs up on that. Great job to them, guys. Street Stocks, Colby Kyle, or Colby Keel, I think it is, and the nine Midwest Mods, a little bit of drama, a little bit of drama. Jump on a Dirt Race Central, you'll see the action. Um, just fast forward to the end of the Midwest Mod Race, you'll see what I'm talking about. Simon Wallstrom had the lead, okay? He comes off at turn four, takes the white flag, second place driver's right on it. Actually, the second place driver was about a car length back. They get into turn number one, the second place guy goes to throw a slider. He missed by a mile. Pancakes him hard into the wall goes Simon Wallstrom. Yellow flag comes out, right? And they had to go green, white, checker. One went off the track, um, wrecked, and the other one got put to the back. And uh, CJ Wagner capitalized on that. Bert, I am such an advocate. So Wasoda, right, in anyone, I think that if you're a Wasoda track, there should be a rule. If there's an altercation on the last lap, I don't care how they do it, but every track needs to have the same rule so it's consistent. This was another last lap incident. Super stocks, kind of a neat little storyline here. Wallstrom, of course, he crashed at the end of the Midwest Mods. He parked in Victory Lane in the Supers, so kind of nice to see after that heartbreak get a win. And, wow, the modified feature, Kevin Buzzy Adams, He's still the human highlight reel. He started in the fourth row and was ultra impressive. I mean, if, if you watch Rice Lake, that alone was worth, worth watching Rice Lake. Buzzy Adams, he, I mean, he rarely races anymore, but when he does, you know it because he's going to the front. Tomahawk Speedway, 
The closest Wissota track to Burt Langen's hometown is Tomahawk. And the Brandon Hakla in the Zuli race engine makes it two in a row. Cedar Lake Speedway had some good racing this past week. And, of course, that's on Dirt Race Central. Also, 39 Midwest Monsburg. 39 on a regular night. How about this? Cole Boston holding off Jason Vandekamp, who's never won a race at Race Lake, right, for his first career with sort of Midwest Mod A main. Congratulations to him, but he needs to look at that video. Vandy was really nice to him, really nice, because Vandy threw some haymaker sliders at him, but left him that lane up top from the drive back around where he could have easily made a break. So Vandy was pretty nice to him on that one. Uh, hopefully Cole Boston remembers that when the situations return. Super Stocks, third generation driver. How about this? Matthew Larson. That name ring a bell? That's the B1 Bombers kid. Brent Larson's oh, kid. Wow. His first career was Soda Super Stock came in. And I've watched him over the year. He started you know, watching him at Ogilvy, he kind of faded a couple times, but he was looking sporty. He was looking pretty racy. He's getting faster. Brent Larson's won a lot of races. His dad races. All three generations of Larson's were there. So congratulations to Matthew Larson. I don't think this is the last time you're going to see him in victory lane. Modified division, Adam Ayotte led the lion's share of it. And uh, Daniel Bargander with another last lap pass at Cedar Lake. He did it to Daryl Nelson last year. So he snake bit him at the end. And in the late models, the double one express Pat Doerr held off a hard charging James Giassi to get it done. ABC Raceway up in Ashland, Midwest Mods. Kind of like this name, Jesse. It's uh, He says Aho, I say Aho. Either way, it's spelled the same. We're not related, but I do like the fact that he's winning. Congratulations to him. Super Stocks defending champ Steve Stewart. Doesn't race much, but when he does, he's really fast. He got it done. And the rookie, Jack Reborn, who we just talked about, he got two seconds. Well, he got it done up in Ashland, his second of the year as a rookie. Hibbing Raceway, I went to this one. I sat up in the booth with Puka. Good program of just barely over three hours again. Great racing surface. Uh, a good time being there. Um, pretty good crowd. It was fun being over in Hibbing. Back-to-back -back wins for Andrew Inman. Tyler Kittner. Um, like you're like one of my picks to win every night. Uh, what's with this second place stuff? Inman kind of showing you up again. Super stocks, Jim, Jim Campbell, uncontested, modifies Johnny Broking, dominated from the fourth row in the late models, the race of the night. Excellent late, 17 late models, good field. Jay Kittner led early, thought he was going to win. Yellow comes out, but he changed his line. He was kind of running the top. He went to the middle, rookie verdict, drives right around him on the outside. I'm like, oh, here we go. Well, turn three and four started to transition where the top, middle, bottom, you can go anywhere. Track was really good. Buda Slavich got her done from six, but Kyle Peterlin, who came from ninth, just about nipped him, was side by side at the line. Um, really good late model race in Hibbing. This one here, music to my ears. Thunder City Speedway, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. They are back in action. The grand opening up there this past weekend. I saw a couple of results. I'm not sure of the details here. I know it was supposed to be 5,000 to win for the Midwest Mods finale. Garrett Paul got it done. They had another feature, so I don't know if they split it. David Simpson won one as well. Modifieds, they had a pair of 2,500 to win races. Tanner Williamson and Brody Strachan. Joel Kreiterman was there, and he was on the podium on, on the second feature. So 
I don't know about you, Bert, but I am thinking Joel Kreiderman, I'm going to lobby, get your happy ass across the border. I expect to see you at some of our tracks, right? If he's going to be racing, he needs to come to our place because that's a guy right there that uh, I was a big Joel Kreiderman fan for a long time. I know that I know Puka. Puka was a Nesbitt fan. I like Nesbitt too, right? But I, I'm more of a Kreiderman fan. So, I mean, I'm just saying, right? Superstocks, Cole Chernowski with a pair of wins. Granite City Motor Park, pretty good track over there, Bert. Pretty good track. Streeter's impressive win for Caden Woody. We talked about that. Midwest Mods, remember I just said that uh, the Cobra Cody Lee was ultra fast? Should have had three in a row. Okay, he needs a Band-Aid to tape his thing to the, his leg so he doesn't step on it again. Went from hero to zero, spun out leading Cody. You're killing me. Like, he, he's going to be harder on himself than I am. But Zach Benson got it done. And in the Supers and Mods, I know you can't guess it. Some orange in blue, 7A guy. What's his name again? Shane. Subraski. Yep, <laughs> the Iron Man. I tell you what, he, that's all he does is. That's, that's all he does. Cheyenne Speedway over in Lisbon. Speed Stocks, Johnny Carter, Midwest Mods, Zach Rinke. And in the NLRA Lakes, we talked about it already. Mike Gressef after a little altercation with the leaders. Halverline Speedway and Proctor, another first-time winner. Midwest Mods, first career feature win for the 3B of Austin Blom. Congratulations to him. Supers, we're going to go the opposite end, right, because you have the rookie. And then this old guy that I used to rub fenders with, veteran Scott Lawrence. You still got it. Congratulations on the win of the 77. Jody Belfi with his second of the week in the in the mod. And in the late models, a guy that lives just a few minutes from the track that doesn't race every week, the Hermantown Hammer, Daryl Nelson, who wasn't at Cedar because he had hauler issues, but great to see him in Proctor, first in the late, second in the mod. Um, Bemidji Speedway, home of the Chicken Shack, Midwest mod, dominant win for Gary James Nelson from eighth. Really racy, a lot of cautions, but the track had multiple grooves. Supers, Bert, three for three, Matt Sparby. Matt Sparby, a guy that, you know, wins four or five a year, not usually that dominant guy. He's three for three to start 2022. Congratulations to him and Lance Schilling and the mods. Princeton Superstocks, Brewster Baker got it done. Oh, scratch that. Dustin Nelson got it done in the Brewster, Brewster Baker throwback car. So cool to see Dustin up front. And in Brainerd, Dylan Nelson from eighth. And uh, we're going to end with the River City Speedway, a rodeo track, right? To the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars were there. Carson Macedo, second place was Brad Sweet, who still can't find a way to win. But Donnie Schatz on the podium, kind of on his home turf. So that was pretty cool. Crowd favorite. And all relates, Brody Trough Rubin. He's tough to beat on the mud. He's a mudder. He's a hard charger. Got it done from eighth bird. So, Lots of racing here this past weekend. Um, I got a, I kind of lost my lost my pick because I got long winded with a lot of stats. But anything else that stuck out to you over the weekend? I know we had some national events too. Um, did you happen to watch any of the? They had the Tri City had late models Friday and they were World of Vault last Saturday. Of course, West Virginia had the historic one hundred. Did you watch any of those? I watched the two features from. Uh... Uh, West Virginia and the uh, World of Outlaw late model feature. So, uh, what's stuck out to you? Go ahead. Um, actually, the West, I mean, that track is huge. Uh, the West Virginia track is huge, but I, I actually thought the racing was pretty good considering how big the track is. Uh, 
the track was in good shape. I mean, last year, I don't know if you remember them racing on that track last year. It was rough and dusty and, you know, not the greatest of track conditions. But I thought the track conditions were, were really good. And, you know, there was some passing. And for being that big, I thought it was, you know, the racing was pretty good. Um, it's cool how the fans view the race at that track, though. They have that hill. And you just set up chairs on the hill, and you know that that's pretty cool. It looked it like was, they had a pretty yeah. good, yeah. yeah. And you know they had a had a really good crowd, and um, and same thing with the crowd at a Tri City for the Outlaw race. I mean, the stands were packed for that race too. So uh, that's a good sight to see. You know, other than a few Sunday tracks, maybe it's because of the day. I'm not sure, but it seemed to me that even on the local level, and of course the national level. The crowds were better than this. this was the best weekend for crowds I think I've seen across the board. Um, the fan count, the car counts were pretty good at a lot of races. So maybe it's just the fact that it was so cold early in the year and people are like, hey, let's get out and do something fun. So great to see them big crowds. And you're right, West Virginia, um, night number one, of course, Devin Brand, who's been kind of struggling, swapped the lead back and forth with JD and got it done. And JD with another 50,000 to win race, another one, right? I mean, it's, he's your pick. I mean, he's your pick to win the million. I mean, it's a tough, it's tough to bet against him. And then, of course, the Reaper, Ryan Gustin, were the first and a third up at Tri City. Pierce, of course, winning the World of Outlaw race. Um, Kyle Bronson, a pair of seconds. Bronson does not have a win yet this year. And and remember, he led at Eldora. Now, it was a different track, right? Because it was cowboy up and it was rough. But he showed signs of speed. Is that a guy that could maybe be trending in the right direction at the right time? Um, yeah. Uh, the thing with uh, Eldora is, you know, you have to do that for 100 laps. You, you can't do it just for 20 laps, 30 laps, or 40 laps, or even... 70 laps you have to do it for 100 laps and you know i've been to enough world 100s where you know i'll see a driver just dominate for you know 20 30 40 laps and but you know then all of a sudden with like 20 to go here come the veterans you know mcdowell and earl pearson jr um so you know it, it's tough to do it for 100 laps and that's why uh um, it's a little bit tougher for the younger drivers to uh, to win those crown, that crown jewel just because of that. In my opinion, that's that's just my opinion. How cool would it be? So remember the million dollar man, Donnie Moran, right? If you had to pick one of the young guys, the young guns, would Devin Moran be maybe the pick to win a long race like that? Oh, I mean that would definitely be. Uh, a huge storyline uh, you know you know father then the son does it what 20 years later 22 years later and uh so that would definitely be a, a huge storyline i mean another one would be you know, obviously hudson o'neill i mean you know with, with don o'neill being his dad um so you know yeah th those two would probably be the biggest storylines um so um only time will tell. <laughs> and we're just a couple of days away. It's going to be interesting. So, Bert, let's yeah. get into a blast of the past brought to you 
by Impact Health Sharing. Again, fans, if, if you need health care, if you're paying too much, if you can't afford it, you don't have it, if you're looking for other options, give me a text, give me a Facebook message. Um, I'd be happy to get you a quote. We've been able to save people thousands annually on their health care. And the families were coming in at right around $600 a month with a $2,500 family deductible. So in a lot of cases, that's less than half price of what people are paying. So um, see if I can maybe help you out. And number 132, and of course 32, do you have any 132s? I do not have a 132. I do not. I'm, I kind of have a little inkling, Bert, that you might have a 32. I have no 32. Really? No. <laughs> I was going to say, Nick is no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, the Navarino Nightmare, uh, Terry Avalink, uh, number 32. Um, you know, between him and Pete Parker and MJ McBride, you know, those were the big three in Eastern Wisconsin racing through the end of the 70s, all of the 80s, and into the 90s and 2000s even. So, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Terry Avalink. And um, don't forget that uh, Nick Avalink started racing with number 32. I didn't when he, know that. Okay. When he raced an IMSA Modified, he was number 32. And then when he, he switched to late models, then he switched to number 15. Okay. <clears throat> And, and this is a good time to mention joebertigan.com. You know, a lot of great books, a lot of great content he wrote. You know, he, he has a lot of a lot of stuff out there. But what is it? Uh, 51032 is what the book yeah. is, the last one. Yeah. And uh, if you want to learn a little bit about, of course, MJ McBride, Pete Parker, and then the aforementioned uh, Terry Anvilink, you got to get that book. It's good. And uh, you can get that, on, I believe, on joebertigan.com. Yeah. Yeah, so you can order it right there. Yep. Any other 32s? I do not have any other 32s besides those two. So I have a couple. I have a couple. So first of all, I'm going to go with a buddy of mine, Butch Butcher. Um, he actually ran a super, still runs a super, kind of a little bit of a gypsy lifestyle. You never know where he's going to be or what he's going to race, but he's ran supers. He's ran mods. He's ran Midwest mods. But I actually had a stint for when I jumped into the late model for a little while. I drove one of his super stocks for him. A big Ford guy. He always had big thunder underneath the hood. And and uh, I, I remember a race, and he'll kick my ass for, for saying this, but I actually have a picture, right? My daughter can maybe post this in the comments after she watches the show, but we're side-by-side side in Proctorburg. And he's like, oh, man, you got your Wagaman motor. I got big Ford power underneath my hood. In the picture, he's actually looking side-by-side because side, he told me he's going to beat me to turn one. He probably did. But I beat him to turn two because <laughs> he went sideways and up and off the track. In the picture is with his head turned, flying off the racetrack backward. I'm like, you should have been looking at the track and not at me. Just saying, okay. But Bert, Butch Butcher, a good guy. Um, another story I got to tell this one. Another story I have about Butch. He was not afraid to throw some elbows, right? He raced hard. I mean, it didn't matter if he was racing for 15th or 16th. He wanted that last position. He's just that guy. He's going to, he, it could be no matter who he's racing, he's going to race you hard. He's not going to try to carve you, but he's not afraid to wrinkle you, right? We're at Brainerd, um, North Central Speedway for the Wasota 100 in 2007. And they had, uh, in the heat races, once you got through the heats, you redrew for the dash and they ran a dash qualifying feature. And however you finish that is where you started the A main. 
okay? Well, I drew 12 for the qualifying feature. I redrew 12 out of 12, and Butch Butcher started 14th behind me, and that was a track, they, they had three compounds of tires at the time, and that was a track that wasn't usually real abrasive. And he didn't have a tire with him, and we're sitting in the stands, and he goes, hey, is there any chance that you have another, you know, A, it was a medium compound right rear that I could use? I said, I, I got one more. I said, I have one mounted. I have another one in the trailer. I kind of want to keep it. But he goes, well, I can probably replace it. I can get you one. Not a big deal. I just can't do it right now. I'm like, <clears throat> I said, yeah. I said, that's fine. I said, you get me another tire. I mean, I'm friends with Butch. I said, Butch, but here's the deal. I'm telling you right now. Okay, you start right behind me. I'll let you get this tire. You just replace it. Not a big deal. But if you carve on me in turn one, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. So he pauses. He's like, um, I think I'll, I'll just run the one I got. I'm like, oh, shit. Are you kidding me? Like, he's going to kill me, right? I'm like, I'm like, literally, I'm like, what does that even mean, right? I'm like, what the hell? And I ended up getting up to the third in that qualifying feature, one to 100, but that little bit of a pause, I'm like, am I going to make it to turn one? Is there something I don't know here? I wasn't sure, but that was just booked, right? Um, the 32 also, um, we think Bobby Pierce, right? Miss, yeah. Oh. got the, the tall, yeah. cool one, of yeah. course, Bob <laughs> Pierce, who had a storied career in late models and, of course, uh, Pierce race cars. And I think probably the thing I remember him for most recently is uh, – on the track, uh, a little bit of an altercation there with Turbo at Cedar Lake, right? So the tall, cool one, he's done a lot for the sport, <coughs> Bob Pierce. And then the other 32, because I'm in Superior, Wisconsin, little do in 32, Daryl Carlson, who um, I, I guess he's been around forever, so races Superior. His kid, Cody Carlson, actually won the opener in the Midwest Mod at Proctor. But I remember Daryl Carlson winning a red clay classic. And if I remember correctly, he lost a cylinder and won that race on seven cylinders. And then one, two more 32s. One is Brad Tollickson. We mentioned Jordan, who owns buyresearch.com. And he also owns Outlaw Graphics. Of course, his dad, Brad Tollickson, a storied career down in Montevideo. And then Lauren Tardy. We talk about the Tardies once in a while. His first ever car. 3.2. But you can't guess where that number comes from, right? 3.2, right? 3.2 beer, right? So that's where that came from. They didn't like it. They made him get rid of the decimal point. So then he became number 32. I think he was like 14, 15 years old. He went on to become number 67, Hall of Famer in Hibbing, one of the most talented drivers I've ever seen behind the race car. And uh, of course, he had his, his kid, Jeff Carty, running a mod, had a pretty good run, got fourth up in Hibbing uh, this past weekend. So that's it on number 32's, Bert. Let's get into a little who's hot and who's not, brought to you by Blue Line Brews. And Bert, I've been getting up early in the morning, been having to do that. Looks like I'm going to have to do that for another week. We're not going to get into that right now. But what I've been, what's been making me uh, a little bit happier in the morning, Blue Line Brews. Drink a little coffee. BlueLineBrews.com. Remember, 10% of the proceeds go to the families of injured and fallen officers. Lots of different blends. Pick out your favorite. They have the K-Cups. Thanks for all you do, Blue Line Brews. So, Bert, who's hot? Uh, well, I'm going to uh, – I think I had him last – week but i'm going to stick with him again this week uh troy springborn uh you know winning his fourth uh feature this year 
Um, so, uh, he's definitely off to a really good start this year. So, uh, um, it's still early, but we'll see if he can, uh, um, knock off Nick Avalink for the Dirt Kings championship at the end of the season. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? I'm just kidding. Nick. Just kidding. We're going to get to you in a second. Um, I have for hot, you know, I'm going to go with Pat Doerr, right? Pat Doerr has, he's five for five on the podium. He has two wins, a second, two thirds, the 17th, the third. Quite honestly, if he, if he gets his redraw spot, he's going to be in the conversation to win that race. Um, boy, he had a hell of a year last year, but he was like second or third, first it's podium every night. That continues on. I mean, he's just been ultra consistent, ultra fast in that 11. Shane Sabraski, eight for nine in the super. The ninth one is a DNF. I mean, that's about as unbeatable as it gets. I mean, when you when you have when you're eight for eight in races that you've finished, I don't know if you can really argue with that. So those are the two drivers that I have. And uh, how about let's get into who's not? Um, I'm going with a driver that I had in this category last week also. And this week, I think he deserves it even more. Um, Brandon Shepard. I mean, ever since he announced he was, he was going Lucas racing, um, he runs good in the non-sanctioned races. But the Lucas race, I mean... In West Virginia, he was seventh on Friday and 14th on Saturday. So, uh, you know, his point lead is down to 80 points now over T-Mac. Uh, so, you know, we may have a pretty good points battle there. Hopefully we, we have a close battle the entire season. And, I mean, this is uh, talking about points. Um, you know, Dennis Herb has 98-point lead over Max Blair. So, you know, that could be a good points battle too. So we hopefully both both the major series have, have close points battles the entire season. I know this is a dumb question. I feel like I should know the answer, but I don't. Has he won the dream or world? Cool. B Shep. I think he's won one of the I think he may have won the dream. I think he's won one of them though. Okay, so, uh, but, I mean, so that's not his best track either. I mean, that causes but, could but, that be a sleeper? Right. I mean, even when uh, Josh Richards raced for his dad, I mean, they never did well at Eldora either. It was almost like they were snake bitten. You know, the Richards team is snake bitten at Eldora a little bit. So, yeah, and don't be surprised. I mean, there's a guy right there that, I mean, he oh, he definitely pull one, he can yeah, pull the rabbit out of the hat get it done right he definitely has the talent and the equipment to win it there's no doubt about that for sure so i'm gonna go with uh nick anvilink bert he he don't does he ever win this year no oh for seven is kind of what i had i'm like unless i'm missing something here nick anvilink oh for seven for wins and then quite honestly um he's no longer the king of shine right springborn's well, kind of packing his lunch. this year yes yeah right yeah I mean, I don't know if he's just off the pace or something. I, I don't well, know what's going on there. I mean, he, he I mean, seventh, Ron Vernon drove by him at Mississippi Thunder. You know, so it's not like he, Justin Ritchie drove by him at Mississippi Thunder too. So a couple of his guys that he races against frequently drove right by him. That's not the Nick Anvilink that I expected to see this year. I'm sure he's not real happy with it. So you, you were going to say something? 
All right. Well, I was, I was just going to say that, um, you know, like Saturday, you know, Troy started on the front row and I think Troy started third or fourth row and uh, the race, there were no cautions in the race. It was green, the checkered, uh, you know, so, you know, it, based on starting position, you know, that's how you expect at the end. But yes, I mean, Nick's not, I mean, I should have looked at where he finished at Shano. I think he was second though um, at Shano. He was in the top three, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, yeah, he's not having the season that, uh, you know. If you we, ain't we first or last. So, uh, I mean, are you giving him a C? I don't right now. I mean, like I said, if you ain't first, you're last. So I, I'm a Nick Anvilink fan. I like watching him race. I he's due. Um, he just got off to a slow start. I, I don't think we're in panic mode yet with the 15, but uh you go a couple more weeks without a win and it'll be interesting. But I I, I would say he's due. I, I think that he's probably a guy to keep an eye on this week for a win. So let's jump into our sure bets of the week. Of course, my lock of the week is real estate by Jay Schmidt out in Watertown, South Dakota. Over 20 years in business, huge racing family between, of course, his dad racing the streeter. He's raced his son Trajan races. Um, just a business guy all around. If you need any real estate transactions, land, commercial, residential, you name it, your lock of the week, your sure bet to get the job done is real estate by Jay Schmidt. So with that said, Bert, what is your lock of the week? My lock of the week is uh, Superman will fly high in the million and take home the million dollars. Um, I've seen him race enough at Eldora. I've seen him just completely dominate races, 100 lap races at that place. So uh, um, he's my pick for the million. Not a bad pick, not and fear the glasses, right? Fear the specs. You put the glasses on, that's Clark Kent, right? So he flat out is getting it done. Um, advantage RV mod tour this week opening up, right? The northern swing, Grand Rapids, Superior, Ashland, Proctor. The reigning champ of the advantage RV mod tour, Johnny Broking, has been very, very fast, probably nothing against Brandon Cop because they would have had a good race, but he broke leading. Um Johnny Broking is going to win two of the four races this weekend in the 45J. Catch all that action. I believe they're going to have all the races on Dirt Race Central. So, Bert, let's get into the last lap brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. And, again, plain and simple, go to Zuli's Race Engine on Facebook. If you can't beat them, join them. Max Barbie, three wins. Caden Woody, a win. Brandon Hackla, Aaron Blacklings, Andy Rosso. Kyle Jeanette, Jake Knapper, four for four to start the year. Willie Ferguson with a pair, a couple wins this year. They're winning all across the region up here in Wasota country. And again, uh, just great, great power. If you want to get in victory lane, a good way to do it is get yourself a Zuli's race engine. So, Bert, do you have anything from over in your neck of the woods before I jump into it? I've got a couple topics I didn't have on the agenda here that I'm just going to keep brief, but they're noteworthy. Um, no, I, we pretty much covered everything, uh, um, from Eastern Wisconsin. All right. So my question is this, is there really a tire shortage in Wasoda from Hoosier? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Right. 
my sources tell me, right, and I have some sources that are kind of tied in with Wasora. I'm not going to give away who they are, okay? But my sources tell me that there's a little bit more to the story here that Hoosier is maybe kind of throttling back production of Wasota tires. Um, kind of sounds like they're upset with Wasota because they would not renew the contract and allow them to jack up the prices. I get it, cost of products and shipping and everything's gone up, right? But uh, Wasota said, no, we're not raising the price. Things are too expensive. If we're locked into a contract, we're sticking here. Rumors going around is they're throttling back on tires. Other rumors going around right now from, uh, from my sources are telling me that at the end of the contract, they're looking at uh, tire hike, uh, prices hiking up as much as $30 per tire. And the other rumor is that the Wasota tracks that get money from Hoosier right now for a contract, that Hoosier money might be going away. So promoters, if you're listening to this, do your own diligence. You check into this because this is a conversation that needs to be had. Make sure that you're doing right for your racers. Now, speaking of doing right for your racers, Sam Driggers, not too shy, Bert. He's usually that guy that's not afraid to kind of speak his mind. He's the, the head of teching for UMP. Um, I think he's kind of director of operations for UMP Dirt Car. He put out a letter today. Evidently, there's been a lot of controversy in UMP. I don't know if you saw this on the 2020, but drivers driving into each other on purpose on yellows and reds and all this post-race activity, and he basically put put it out there, this shit's going to come to an end. You know, if I figure out you're doing something like that, you're automatically getting 30 days booted. You run into a car in a UMP car, I probably wouldn't recommend it right now because he's kind of putting the heat on. And we've seen this a little bit, you know, um, in all forms of racing, but I don't know, hitting somebody on a yellow or red, you deserve to get booted for that because that, that's just well, especially on a red <laughs> right right yeah and, and and there was video footage that uh, did happen on it the cars were all parked another car drove the wrong way smashed into it i believe it was a mod or a, or a b mod i'm not sure but i mean there's uh stupidities coming in all shapes and sizes and i think he's trying to put an end to it um with soda also put out a letter today bert that evidently they're getting a little upset with people calling people out, right? So I don't know the whole origin to the letter, but evidently there's been people making comments on Facebook and all that. And um, the executive director of Wasota sent out a letter to all the Wasota tracks via email, basically saying, you know, hey, we, you know, we, we don't believe in this kind of stuff. Well, some of it's on, some of it's over the top, but let's face it, keep voicing your opinion. Right. I mean, just be a little bit more cordial when you're doing it, maybe. Right. But quite well, honestly, things don't get changed if somebody doesn't speak up. So go ahead. Voice your opinion, but don't. Don't. Uh, do it like you said, do it in a cordial way and just just don't don't bitch just the bitch. I mean, if you have a legitimate. Uh, complaint that you want to see addressed yes you need to voice your opinion otherwise it'll never get solved the other thing i'll add to that because that's a good point is bring a solution right if you have something to right. complain about you don't like it bring a solution i don't like this this is stupid i would here's an uh, here's a solution and uh and that way you're more solution oriented than, than problem oriented so this week's standings burnt 
Um, we're looking at her picks. She's getting dicey right now. Um, me, Puka, and Jeff tied at 65. So we're all right there. Um, you're a couple back. You're not. You're still in striking distance. You're you're at 58. So our reigning champion on the outside looking in, right? On the outside looking in. And Mike's at 32. Brad's at 19. And we're picking six races this week, of course. And we probably should have done like triple points for this race, but it is what it is. But we're uh, we're picking the Eldora Million and the Eldora Dream for the late models. World of Outlaw Sprint Cars have a double header at Knoxville, and the USMTS mods are going to be on the quarter mile at the Belleville High Banks. So we got six races we're picking this weekend. Other notable events coming up: Advantage RV Mod Tour. I mentioned that. Rebel Midwest Mod Tour in Jamestown and Lisbon, Steffis Street Stock Tour action in Aberdeen, Jamestown and Lisbon, and NLRA Late Models have a show this weekend at Greenbush. Bert, can they go a race, the NLRA, without having a little bit of controversy? Can they just get through one, right? So they got three in a row where it's just been a shitstorm, just one. Remember Greenbush last year? Remember what happened last year in Greenbush? No. They DQ'd the guy that was legal. Just saying, Bryce Ward, right? Oh. He had the, the, the rev chip deal. So, so Greenbush, right? Trapper, everybody up there in Greenbush, just one night, one NLRA night without any drama. Just, just, just get through the night, okay? But uh, with that said, Bert, great show, a lot of content. I love, I mean, we're in that heart of racing right now. There's so much going on. What are you most looking forward to this week? Well, I mean, obviously, it, it's the million. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be watching it on, on flow racing and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I'm also curious to see if uh, any drivers have uh, uh, special paint schemes on their cars. I don't know Pierce. if you saw, huh? Bobby Pierce. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about it. I know earlier in the season, he was asking for input because he, he's going to have, he was planning a Ricky Bobby uh paint scheme i saw a picture he's got a picture posted up he's got oh, a i have i haven't seen the picture i did see uh chris ferguson's car though mm -hmm. uh he he's got a silver car so uh it, it's all silver you know underneath his sponsors in in the numbers so uh and i don't know if you notice that uh, ashton winger has been racing a different uh, paint scheme car over the last few races um yeah. I don't know if you're aware of this, but that paint scheme is the same paint scheme that Superman had at Eldora when he won the World 100 when he was racing for G.R. Smith. And that's who uh, Ashton Winger races for now. So, you know, same colors and everything. So, um, trying to I, bring in a little mojo. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. All so, right. So, so I'm, I'm curious to see if any other drivers um, have pet special paint schemes on their cars yeah and, I, I tell you go ahead sorry well i mean you would think bluequist would have one um i mean because for some of these drivers the special paint schemes means a little bit of money if they right. make these right <laughs> and yeah. you know you, you put it on t-shirts sweatshirts and you sell more merchandise because it's a new paint scheme yeah, for sure. For sure. And that'll be interesting to see. And, and quite honestly, that's the race I'm looking forward to as well. Um, with that said, racer or race fans out there right now, get just get to a track, right? You know, there's so much good weekly racing going on. 
you know, sometimes we talk about so many specials that we kind of don't even really talk too much about the weekly programs. Get out there, support your weekly track. Um, there's a ton of racing online, of course, Dirt Race Central, the official, right, the, the primary number one streaming platform of Soda Racing. Um, you mentioned Flow has the Eldora races, a lot of streaming platforms out there. Do that, but also get to your tracks because the racetracks need fans. Enjoy some sunshine and so enjoy some weather. And uh, Bert, we're just a couple days away. Eldora Million, who's gonna be a millionaire? It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Couple days away, and then once once all the hype is done with that, then uh, some big specials locally start hitting. I mean, next week you have the Clash at the Creek, you have the Masters coming up, so. Uh, there's going to be plenty of racing. Absolutely. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, episode 132. Get out there, support your favorite racetrack. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.